Hi there, it's Dallas Travers. Thanks so much for tuning in. You are indeed listening to Coaches on a Mission, the podcast for values-driven coaches who want a business you're really proud of. The episode you're about to listen to was recorded before we changed the name of the show to Coaches on a Mission. So you're gonna hear a reference to the Six Figure Coach podcast. Never fear, you're totally in the right place. These episodes were just way too good to remove from our archive. So I hope you enjoy and thanks again for tuning in. Hey there, I'm Dallas Travers, and you're listening to the Six Figure Coach Podcast. This is the place to be if you're a coach and you want a simple path to six figures. Not because of the money, though the money is fantastic, but because of the freedom, the impact, the confidence that comes when you pass that six-figure milestone. Okay, let's talk about delegating, shall we? My guest today is Lisa Pepper Satkin, who loves serving her clients. It's truly her happy place. What she doesn't love is all of the admin involved in marketing her business and delivering for her clients. Lisa has two contractors on her team who work for her, and she came into our conversation hoping to figure out a way to improve their performance. What Lisa and I uncovered pretty quickly was that in order for her team to improve, she had to become a better delegator. Which makes sense because probably like you, Lisa started out as a one-person show. I know I did. She got really good at doing all of the things on her own. So she brought that energy to her team, assuming that she'd continue to have to show them every little step involved in their tasks as well. Her micromanaging ways did not feel good for Lisa or for her team. And when I shared my all-time favorite delegation tool, Lisa's mind was basically blown. Okay, so whether you have a VA who only works a few hours per month, maybe you've got a team of several people, or even if you're still working as a one-person show, this episode will reveal the best way to delegate a project even to yourself so you give your your team autonomy and everybody understands exactly what success looks like. Enjoy. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for joining me on the show. I am honored to be here. I'm excited. This is wonderful. Me too. Uh, for our listeners, Lisa, this is kind of our first time really talking in this way. And I'm excited for what we're going to dive into because, Lisa, you've created a lot following your intuition, right? And just really leaning into what feels good. And I think there's so much potential to grow that with just a little bit of structure that still aligns with your strengths. And I know you're not the only coach who feels this way. So I'm really excited. Oh, I am too. Why don't we start by just getting clear on your intention for our conversation? What do you want to walk away with from our time together today? Well, what I admire about what I project all over you is that you have systems in place and you have infrastructure and you have a map that people can follow. And I love all of your programs, Team Traction, Community Code, all of those make sense to me, but it's about me doing more. And mm -hmm. I kind of want to pull out and do what I'm really good at and have a whole team in place to do the more. Maybe yes. I sign up my team to 
take your trainings. It's like, I've been doing this for over 20 years. I know I'm really good at what I do. I'm less skilled at systematizing it, really, and even knowing the questions to ask myself around the systems that I need more in place. Does that make sense? It really does. It really does. So before we begin recording, everybody, what I reflected back to Lisa is this understanding. You are naturally gifted as a coach. You're very good at what you do. You're well-trained. So you get results for people, which makes client attraction pretty easy. You're also really happy serving one-on-one clients and even teaching in groups. So that, the coaching part, the service delivery is easy. And you've been able to manage the other things, but now you're aware that if you're going to grow at all, things could grow much more gracefully with a firmer foundation. Bingo. Okay. That's exactly right. Let's talk about a firmer foundation. Can you give me uh, the picture of what your team looks like right now? Yes. I have a program manager and she's fabulous and I need to guide her better. Mm -hmm. I have a social media planner and she does a great job and I need to guide her in more detail, Mm -hmm. you know, around the avatar and, and who I'm really serving and what people's pain points are and what they can resolve with me. And that has often been very difficult for me to ascertain because there really isn't an issue or a person that I haven't served that I haven't loved. So I hear everyone talk about my avatar and getting really, you know, fine tune who it is that I serve. And that has been very difficult for me. And I'm very excited. I have a new, my all new branding coming out, which has been a long time coming. And what I love about it is really highlights that I do coaching and therapy all in one. And I know a lot of coaches say, I'm not a therapist. And a lot of therapists say, I'm not a coach. I have the gift of this beautiful way that I blend the two. But that's what I do. That isn't who I serve. So that's where I really need support. And so instead of figuring that out, I just keep doing the work that I love. And then now I get to talk to you. So we get to solve that. Where are your pain points inside of your business? So things that you're doing that you dread, right? Things that you're doing that take longer than they could because they're not totally your zone of genius or things that you feel like you should be doing like this avatar work that you never get around to. Wow, you just named it. So it's like, I'm going to try and explain this. So I have all this information and all these materials that live inside me and live inside my Google Docs and live inside Trello and live inside all my programs. It's difficult for me to get those out and figure out how they could serve more people or how it could be a landing page, you know, how it could be a PDF that I send to my list, like how I can really engage more with people to serve them. So if you come to me and say, this is what my pain point is very quickly and very intuitively, I can help you get there to what needs to happen, the next steps. But it's about if to serve the greater good, the wider 
breadth of people. So tell me then more. So it sounds like in answer to that question of where you're getting stuck, it sounds to me like you have great support on your team, but you are the only leader on your team. And so you're in a position to lead in areas that aren't your skill set. Right. And nor do I have. This is so funny because I don't really let people say they don't have time, right? My relationship with time, I love sitting with clients. So I love being in my business, but working on my business is less of a strength of mine. I'm happy to hire more people, but when I hire more people, then I have to guide them in what they're doing. Totally. No, okay. That is faulty thinking. Oh, it is? Okay, tell me. It's actually possible to hire people who A, already know how to do the thing you're hiring them to do, or B, have the natural tendencies or resourcefulness to easily learn it. So this is such a solopreneur mistake. I have made it. What I just said to you, Lisa, a coach said to me a lifetime ago, and my head exploded. I was like, wait, are you trying to tell me I could hire someone that I don't even really have to train that much? She said, "Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I'm telling you. I could not get my head wrapped around it. But in my business now, we're a tiny but mighty team. I have three employees and two contractors. Each one of them is 100% the right person so they fit the culture of the company, but also the right person in the right role. And when you have the right person in the right role, delegation looks completely different. Because what I heard you say was you love being with clients and you love working in the business, but working on the business, I'm using air quotes for our listeners who can't see me, is not a strength of yours. To me, we have to distinguish between, I'm going to call it visioning on the business, right? And implementing that vision in the business. And you, what you, it sounds like what you need are implementing leaders on your team so that you can be intuitively guided around what might put into a lead magnet and then tell someone to go and build out all the tech and they know how to do it. So I'm not saying necessarily that the people on your team are the wrong people or even in the wrong role, but the relation is time to upgrade, upgrade. the relationship and the way that you delegate. Yes, that you spot on. I love it. And so even with this avatar work, I'll give you an example. I am, have you ever taken the Colby assessment? No, I've taken a lot of assessments. I know, right? A ton of assessments, but not yet the Colby, but I'm going to write it down. Yeah, it's K-O-L-B-E. I'm actually going to grab my results because I can show you. Oh, good. And what Colby measures is our natural tendencies or strengths as it relates to projects or motivation, right? So how do I gather information? How do I organize ideas? How do I deal with risks or uncertainty? And how do I approach tangible spaces, right? So I am a quick start, meaning the way I manage risk is to just take the damn risk and it'll all be fine, right? Yes, that's me. (laughs) I don't like details very much. You know, if there's something broken on the website, please don't tell me what it was or why it broke or how you fixed it. Just let me know when it's done. I don't like details like that. So I know what I need on my team are actually risk-averse people who love details. Oh, very good. To balance me out, right? That's very good. 
I have a million ideas. I don't need idea people. Please, no more ideas. I need follow through people. When I really got hip to understanding how I approach tasks and uncertainty and tangible space, it allowed me to see where on my team were our, our strengths lie and where we need to bring in more strengths. So the most recent hire we made, her name is Julie. Hi, Julie. Part of her I job. I love is- Julie. Julie's the greatest. So on it. Yes. Yeah. She I, will hear you say that because she listens to these recordings. Hello, Julie. <laughs> Julie and I are almost opposite on the Colby, which is exactly what I needed. Her role is as project lead. Her job is to make sure that the boxes all get ticked, right? We're, she's a pretty new hire. We haven't even hit 90 days yet. And my life is totally different because she's the right person in the right role. Yes. How did you find her? Yes. Okay. For our listeners, I will link to a couple of other episodes around hiring. And Lisa, I'm going to give you a couple of resources after our conversation here because there are other more important things to talk about with you. Yes. Great. But how to hire is to first make that list of... Where am I spending time and feeling drained? Where do I keep saying there's things I want to do and they're not happening, right? Or where are things not getting done well? So it's like a brain dump, all of those pieces. And then I try to organize or categorize all of those pieces into a role or roles. This is exactly spot on. And so when we made the hire for Julie, our list was kind of all over the map in terms of what are we saying we want to do and we're not doing and what takes a lot of time and what's falling through the cracks. So at first glance, I thought, am I going to hire 17 people? Because these are all such different categories. But when I looked at the theme, the theme was closing loops, project management, follow through. Now we're a small team. So for me to have just a project manager doesn't make sense. So her role is called the project lead. And she just makes sure that We're actually using our project management software and deadlines don't get missed. It's been incredible. So the first step I want to give you is make that list and then organize those tasks or projects by theme or category. And I don't find it useful for it to be, okay, here's everything that has to do with email marketing. It's more, here's everything that has to do with our message, like make it a little bit broader, right? And then you can, and you and I will will circle back to this because, and everybody else I'll link to, we've got three really great episodes on hiring. So to fill in that piece for you. But what I'd like to do, if you're open to it, Lisa, is talk about how you are currently delegating with your team so that we can identify what needs to shift in order for them to feel ownership and empowerment around their own leadership. So let's just use your social media planner, and we'll call her Wilma, okay? I usually use the Flintstones. (laughs) I love the Flintstones. So if you have a new initiative, actually, can you think of a recent time where you delegated something to someone on your team? Let's use an actual example here. Yes. Can I use my, it's interesting, because I call her my program manager but Mm -hmm. she is really project lead. And I got that from your lovely emails because Julie is so 
on it. So responsive and on it. So I was like, I want someone like that. This is, I was thinking about this in preparation for today. So I meet with Rose Mm -hmm. and I do a dump and I tell her everything that I'm thinking and I'm very creatively distracted. You know, I know people say, you know, ADD, I call it artistic distraction disorder because Mm -hmm. I love the creative juice that I hold, but it's very hard to, to step in and organize my life and my brain, which is why I probably over function in Mm -hmm. my business, Mm -hmm. meaning take on roles that aren't mine until I am going to do this higher, which I'm going to commit to doing. I am so excited about this. So I said to her, I want you to take the lead on building out my community platform so that when I invite new people into my community, they feel welcomed and they feel like they know where to go. Mm -hmm. And I described it to her. I said, it's like, I want people to know that they're coming to my house for a dinner party. They know where to sit. They know they're going to be served. They know they don't do the dishes. Mm-hmm. They know it's going to be a pampering experience. That's what I want it to be like to be in my community. Yeah. And they also I feel like they fit in. They don't arrive overdressed or underdressed. Like uh, all of that has been conveyed. Yep. Yes. And I don't want them to feel like they're at a noisy bar and have to order their own drinks. Okay. Which is how I feel like social media is. Mm-hmm. I want them to be in my community, which I'm inviting people in June to my mighty network community because it's a platform that makes sense for me. And I need to organize all that. So now I have to tell her what I want and how I want her to organize it. And that's where I fall down. Like I don't have two hours to organize telling her how I want it organized. So I either do it myself or it doesn't get done. Okay. This is like the solopreneur leadership mistake. We all make it. Okay. So I'm curious, do you feel that Rose could take the lead on that? And it's just been the structure, the, you're interfering with her success? Yes, she wants to. There's uh-huh. time, money, money yes. energy, and smarts. She's got it. And yeah. we just started. So we're just getting in the groove. And so far what she's done is like, she's on it. She's got her own systems. Okay. And then I gave her better direction last week. Great. But I said to her, wait, I'm meeting with Dallas. I'm going to get some coaching and then I will guide you better. I love it. I told her. Okay. Let's take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk about delegation. The most common and most dangerous question other coaches ask me is this, what more should I be doing? This question, it keeps you stuck scrambling every month to find more clients, throwing a launch together at the very last minute, or just trying to put together some semblance of a business strategy from all the free stuff you can find online. So instead of asking, what more should I be doing? The real question here is, how can I do less? Or where can I go deeper? These are the questions we'll tackle inside a brand new class for coaches called the Coach Class. So if you're tired of winging it, second guessing yourself at every turn, or working way too hard to keep your business running, the Coach Class could just change your life. 
Go to watchthecoachclass.com right now to grab your free spot inside this special webinar. You know, there is an easier path to six figures and the coach class will show it to you. Registration is open this week. So again, the URL is watchthecoachclass.com. I will see you over there. Okay, Lisa, I'm so excited to talk to you about delegation because I used to make the same mistake that you're making. And I think there are two extremes of this mistake and they're kind of the same thing. One of them is just drive-by delegating where I feel like I don't have time to show you how to do this. I'm just going to tell you what it is and hope for the best, which means you're just left guessing and asking me a ton of questions and then it turns into me micromanaging you. It's horrible, right? And then the other is just to start off, the other mistake is to just start off as the mighty micromanager. And now your team is being forced to work the way you work, which may not be aligned with their strengths and resourcefulness. So another member of my team, her name is Kylie. Kylie has worked for me for eight years, at least. And that was back when I even had another business. She's just won't leave. (laughs) Yay. Kylie and I approach things very differently. And when I learned this delegation tool, it's from Dan Sullivan, and I'll walk you through it. It completely changed how I felt about her performance, but more importantly, about how she felt about her performance and her sense of belonging in the company. Because instead of just being the administrative helper who does what I ask her to do and waits for instruction, she now has complete ownership and a ton of autonomy in her role. So this tool, again, it's by Dan Sullivan, and we'll link to it in the show notes, everybody, because it's a free resource that he offers. It's called the Impact Filter. It's an incredible delegation tool. So I'll walk you through it. The first step is to get really clear on what's the project here? What is it that we're creating? And what I heard you say was it's creating this world-class community with a white glove service inside of Mighty Networks. Is that accurate? Perfect. Great. So I'm just writing white glove Mighty Networks. Now, Dan, there are a few other questions that he asks around like, what's the most incredible outcome? What's the worst possible thing that can happen if this isn't done well? He has you kind of feel into it a little bit. But for me, the most valuable part of this process is how we actually delegate. And how we delegate is painting the picture. And he recommends at least eight pieces of criteria that really define what success looks like. And then you, Lisa, you don't talk about the how at all. Rose uses her own skills and her own resourcefulness and her own creativity to get the plane at the proper destination because you've painted such a clear picture of what the destination looks like. And of course, if she has questions or wants feedback along the way, she's empowered to check in with you. But now she's no longer forced to operate the way that you think. She can operate the way that she works best. Beautiful. That is, I feel like I can catch my breath because I haven't known what my blind spot was. You know, it makes perfect sense. Let's just be honest because all of us started out like one person and a laptop in our businesses. So we just got so accustomed to doing everything that we actually have to retrain our brains because it just honestly doesn't occur to us to not show people every single step. We have so much practice doing it the other way. So you're so not alone in this. Can we play a little bit of defining the success criteria with your new 
community. Beautiful. So let's imagine the Mighty Networks community has launched. It's exceeded all of your expectations. What specific criteria needs to be met in order for you to feel like, yes, we nailed it? I want it to be a place where people exchange ideas and are courageous and vulnerable with their posts. Like Mm -hmm. I want it to be a place that people want to go to see what one another is doing. Got it. I don't want it to be like a, oh, I'm not on Facebook. How am I going to get the information? Like I want it to be an energy boosting place. Great. So I'm writing down a place where there is a free exchange of ideas and those ideas are shared with courage and vulnerability. This is somewhere where members can't wait to log in in the same way that for many of us, we just have a tab open, right? A Facebook tab open on our computer. They've got their mighty networks tab open. They, they're yes. seeking it out. Great. So that must yes. mean that they also really feel a strong sense of belonging. A very much a strong sense of belonging. And the group that I already lead every week is called Own Your Brilliance. And it's a powerful group. Mm -hmm. And I want people to be able to carry out that experience of I'm better together with this group. I'm more vulnerable. I'm more courageous. I am working toward a bigger and better life. So it's different than my one-on-one work, but really I want to grow a bigger community Mm -hmm. so that I can then offer them, Hey, you want to go on a retreat so we can take what we've been doing every week and really dive in because that's what I'm really good at. But getting them into the community, I'm less skilled at because I haven't been as good of a delegator so I can see it. Great. I want people to post and interact. I want people to share what they're working on and take their interaction that we do weekly and take it into the group because I want it to be a safe and private space. Love it. Right. Safe and private space. Let's pivot slightly and talk about your success criteria around the functionality of the group. So we've gotten really clear on how we want the members to feel. So what does the actual functionality need to look like to allow these feelings to come forward? I want them to have reliable communication from me. I want them to have up-to-date and fabulous resources. So like, if anyone needs anything at all, they call me. Who do you know for this, this, and this? I want my community to be a place where someone can go on and say, who's a really good CPA or like that we're reliable for one another. I want it to be engaged networking where that's applicable. Like some people don't, aren't networking, but still I want it to be a place that they can network. And I want them to be engaged in the cadence that I've set up. Okay. Like the first Wednesday of the month, people set their intentions for the month in a particular way that I guide them. Great. So I'm hearing you say there's a rhythm of what you deliver. And so that's going to be so consistent and compelling that everybody knows they get right on the rhythm with you and they're showing up along with you. 
Exactly. Right. Except I don't let people know each week what we're going to work on because I think it's it ignites more creativity. But they could like, know that every Wednesday is the day they find out what you're they're going to work on. Right. right. Or they come to the group or yeah. they know that the first Wednesday of the month is this or they know the theme of the month. Yeah. So it's always foundational in their own thinking. This month, it was mindful discipline. And so it permeates all of our conversations. Or if people share an article, I want people to have this ability to share their strengths too. So we've got eight pieces of criteria. I want to add in one suggestion here if it resonates for you. I've been a part of communities inside of Mighty Networks. And it's not, once you get the hang of how it works, it's so super easy, but it's not completely intuitive the first time you walk into the space, right? It isn't. That's what I'm trying to set up. Right. So I wrote down another piece of criteria here, if it resonates, could be that the network, the actual tech part of it feels familiar and simple to everyone. Beautiful. So now when you speak with Rose, what you get to do is say, all right, we're going to create a world-class white glove experience with our online community. I'm going to let you take the lead. Let's talk through the picture of what success looks like. And I'm here to give you feedback or answer questions along the way, but she gets to figure out, all right, what do I need to put in place in order for there to be a free flow of a free exchange of ideas with courage and vulnerability? So now that's a a problem, if you will, that she gets to solve. And maybe Rose says, okay, so Lisa, I'm going to ask you, you and I are going to role play. I'm making, totally making this up. We're going to record a video where we are role playing what sharing with courage and vulnerability looks like. And let's have everyone sign group agreements so that we are all on the same page and people feel safe and seen and heard. But that gets to come from her. So you've got your success criteria, and now she gets to use the things that she's been hired to do, right? The reason why she's on your team to bring you to this destination. And you don't have to worry about how you get there anymore. It's so exciting. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. This is so helpful beyond what I could have ever imagined. Thank you so much. Oh, you're completely welcome. This is a game changer. So I'm just going to summarize what I'm observing and check in and make sure it feels accurate to you. It sounds like you have a couple of really great people on your team and you have not been letting them sing their own songs. I haven't even known how to let them do that. You know, my social media person, I have to say that she did what you're saying. It's like, she said, okay, you want me to handle your social media? Okay, this is how I need to organize my brain around it. And she has taken the lead. And that's why it like, it lets me rest. But what's missing from me around that is what success looks like for me. Or I think she and I are working really well together and she needs more direction from me. And I haven't known how to do it, but I think the Dan Sullivan and your coaching is going to take me into a higher level with her. Well, you mentioned earlier how the avatar work, there's a gap there for you, right? And so- I have too many. I have too many avatars. 
You know, episode 24, I want you to go back and listen to it. I'm going to. Brett Shuford was our guest. And we made a pretty strong case for your avatar being your unique process rather than the person that you help. And that sounds like you. That's me. Yeah. And it's okay for your niche to be your process. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. I wish people could see my face because I I am... You know, it's interesting to do this work for 25 years. Mm-hmm. Be, I'm very successful. I have a beautiful life. I have a beautiful practice. I love my clients. And I still have blind spots. I think and you're so good at highlighting. You just found it so fast. Thank you so much. I'm beyond grateful. Oh, you're so very, very welcome. So if we were to create this picture, right, the success criteria for I'm using air quotes here, for avatar or through for conveying a powerful message through social, you get to do the same thing. This is how people feel when they see my messaging. And this is the themes of the things that they struggle with. And and then again, so now she get this is what she's good at, right? She gets to use this feedback to adjust her plan in order to arrive at the same at the desired destination. So I think the next step for you, and it sounds like we're in agreement around the infrastructure of your business, it begins with you becoming the kind of delegator that empowers your team to really own their roles. So cool. It's interesting because if I think of my bookkeeper, who's been a game changer for me, I swear by a great bookkeeper Mm -hmm. because I was holding so much inside. And she just came by and just like kept pulling it out of me, pulling it out of me and built systems around it so that I wasn't mired in the numbers. I could be mired in my work. Yes. And it's exactly what you're talking about. I just haven't seen it the same way because I haven't known how to do the dump, mm-hmm. right? I haven't known how, let's not call it the dump, let's <laughs> call it the success story. And actually this takes me to like, if you and I got to talk again, it would be like, what would my success story be for my group programs? And then how do I engage someone who can help me grow that next level? Well, I think we got started off on a really great foot today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I just don't even know how to thank you enough. I can't. I'm so excited to share this with others and for people to listen to it. Yeah. It's a game changer. It's so great. Thank you so much, Lisa. If you had to articulate one key takeaway as we say goodbye, what would that be? Oh, it's so clear to me that I can hold the vision, but if I'm not empowering people to help me get there, then the vision just stays inside of me and it stays tangled in my messiness. I want to really release how my team gets there, but not release getting there. Perfectly said. I love it. I do too. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, I hope for all of you listening that this was as helpful and illuminating for you as it was for both for me and for Lisa. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Six Figure Coach Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and review the show. That's really the best way to show your support. Now, if your goal is to build a six-figure coaching business and you need a simple system to get there, I would love to invite you to join us inside the Six Figure Coach Club. I'm so proud of the community we've built there. Plus, the mentorship and training you'll receive is truly unmatched. Now, the first step to joining us is to actually watch the coach class. That way you can see how my approach to six figures can work for your business. And from there, you can apply to join us inside the club. So go to watchthecoachclass.com now to learn more about how I can help you reach your business goals inside the Six Figure Coach Club. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you next week.